friends. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. My name's Julie Jancis, and I'm your host. The Angels and Awakening podcast is all about energy healing, energy clearing, and talking with your loved ones, your angels, your guides on the other side. It's all about how to clear out your energy from your mind, from your thoughts, from your chakras, from your auric field and your body to keep your energy clear and to live in a high, yummy vibration. We also try and teach you how to communicate with your angels, with your loved ones on the other side so that you understand when they're trying to communicate with you, when you're seeing their signs and symbols, and what those signs and symbols mean. If you'd like to book a session with me, I do angel readings where I bring through those messages from your angels and your loved ones. They normally come in about what's going on in your life now, where you're at, where in your physical body, within your mind and your thoughts, you are blocking yourself from your path. And they help remove that for you by what they say and the messages that they bring through so that you feel more clear, more confident, and like you're back on your path. If that's something that you'd like to do, you can book a session with me on my website, www.jancis.com, J-A-N-C-I-U-S.com. I also teach people how to bring through angel messages and messages from your loved ones, how to connect with your loved ones on the other side for the purpose of hearing them and bringing them closer to you, but also for teaching healers how to do this work so that they can have their own business and run their own business for themselves. So if you'd like to be a Reiki master teacher, or if you'd like to bring through angel messages as a profession, definitely go to my website and look under the tab called Angel School because you'll find information about the upcoming September course. We are running the Angel School on Saturday, September 21st and Sunday, September 22nd. And when you go through the school, you get two certifications. You become certified as a Reiki master teacher. You also get certified as an angel messenger. So I'm really excited about this school and this upcoming class. We've got a lot of great students who are going to be participating and it's going to be just a really amazing time. Space is limited as well. So please let me know if you're thinking about it. If you want me to hold a spot for you, you can always email me for more information as well. So what are we talking about today? Today is August 5th and it's the anniversary, the four-year anniversary of my dad's passing. And what's absolutely fascinating is that for this past year, I have been trying to get a hold of a box of memories and I wasn't having any luck. So I'm going to share this story with you because spirit came through in the hugest, most magnificent way possible. My dad came through to really bring through some phenomenal memories my way. And I'm just so glad that this has has worked out because to lose all of your memories is, is a really hard thing to go through. I know some of us lose things in fires and floods and I got some of my memories back. So I am just so excited to share this story with you and to honor my dad on this day. 
I guess I kind of hesitate in telling the whole story live publicly of what we went through when my dad passed because it's so easy for your egoic mind to turn on and to make people in the story out to be bad guys. But what I want you to know is that I really have found so much peace and so much love in my heart for every single person in this story because if it hadn't happened the way that it did, I wouldn't have known or I wouldn't have believed that I was hearing my dad from the other side, okay? So I need you to know that there aren't any bad guys in this story. There are just people who are living here on earth, people who go through life, some making assumptions, and some just feeling hurt within their heart, some feeling the hurt of other people's hearts, and looking out for those people as well. So I've told you before in the first couple episodes, episodes one and two of the podcast, that my dad and I grew apart at the time of my parents' divorce. And I think I told you, but I want to repeat, I was so close to my dad early on. I mean, he's just such a fun, amazing, amazing person. I mean, you know those little teeny tiny motorcycles? We grew up riding little motorcycles and getting bigger ones every couple of years. Uh, I grew up knowing how to ride jet skis and snowmobiles and how to start a fire, how to shoot a gun. And not like those are important things, but I mean, it was just fun. I had a lot of fun spending time with my dad, getting to understand his likes and just really connecting with him. So when I saw this other part of my dad him cheating on my mom. I saw him cheating when I was in third grade. And actually what happened was, and believe me, there's some of you listening out there right now who are thinking, why are you digging up all of this junk and just talking about your dad this way on the anniversary of his passing? I'm, I really want you to hear the bigger story here. Again, like no bad guys, right? So when I was in third grade about that time, I don't know why my mom was away, but she wasn't in the state. She was somewhere else. And I remember my dad looking at my sister and I saying, hey, who wants to go to the carnival? And we were both like, yes, that would be awesome. So we get in the car to go to this carnival and I didn't know he was picking somebody else up on the way. It was actually a woman who had babysat for us once before who was in college. So we get to the carnival and All I remember is being on the Ferris wheel with my sister. First, he bought us a whole like 20 pack worth of tickets, which never would have happened before. He just splurged on the most tickets possible. And so my sister and I are up on this Ferris wheel and we were saying, hey, let's make a game. Let's see who can spot dad first. And I won that game. I spotted him. He was kissing the college student that we came with, who I later found out, I think, was an intern working for him as well. So I remember being about third grade and just feeling that I had to shield 
my sister's eyes from that to not see that. And I remember redirecting the conversation so that we weren't playing the game anymore, but we were just focused on each other because I didn't want her to see what I saw. And I don't think I said anything to my dad. I'm not sure that I ever let him know that I knew, but I didn't ever feel the same way towards him again. I felt angry. I felt confused. I felt like I didn't understand how he could have this beautiful wife like my mom who looks so much like me besides her black hair and olive Italian skin and how he could do something like that to her and to us as well. And I tried to let it go over the years, but again, I'm not sure that I ever really looked at him the same way. So fast forward a couple years, you know, we moved around a lot as a kid. I grew up starting out my life in Chicago, then moving to Vermont, a couple houses in Vermont, then Missouri, Virginia, uh, a little tiny stopover in Louisiana, not very long, and then moved back up here to Chicago. And I ended up catching my dad knowing that he was with somebody else that I knew when I was in middle school. And all of this just hurt my heart so much and I felt the need to strengthen my mom's heart, strengthen my mom's confidence in herself and just be there for her and I felt the only way to do that was to not have a relationship with him and just really support my mom. So that's what I did. So when my dad passed away, he was actually in Colorado. He was on a vacation for his third wife's child who was getting married. And he went to go take my brother on a hike. They went up into the mountains and he started feeling sick. My brother went to go get help. And by the time that he was able to find help and come back, which is just excruciating to me to be in that position. And I just feel so bad for him because he he did the best that he can, but there wasn't any way that they were going to get to him in time. It was really just my my dad's time to go. Uh, He had had a heart attack and he was gone by the time that paramedics arrived. So he passed away in Colorado, and it was an entire month before his second wife was able to track my sister and I down and let us know. His third wife had my sister and my phone number in my dad's phone. I know that he wouldn't have ever gotten rid of that. There isn't any excuse. There's no reason that she shouldn't have been able to reach out to us and let us know that he had passed, but she didn't. So this entire month that he's gone and we don't know, I'm hearing him every time that I brush my daughter's hair. I'm hearing she needs a hairbrush like I use. She needs a hairbrush like I use. And it repeated over and over and over again to the point where I remember thinking to myself in August 2015, that's not me, A. B, I am going bananas, See, I can't tell anybody about this. I thought, I can't tell anybody about this because they're going to think I'm absolutely positively crazy. I've got voices in my head talking to me. Who says that? So I kept it to myself. 
The other crazy thing about that time is I remember really having these heavy feelings inside my heart that I needed to look up my old home when we had lived in Missouri and look up my old home in Virginia. And actually, when I did that, I came across my stepsister her information and I felt this push to reach out to her but it had been so long and so many you know years probably decades at that point um, that I thought oh well I don't know how I'll be received so I didn't and I really wish I would have because it was my dad all of it was my dad it was my dad coming through when I was brushing my daughter's hair saying that Al needs a hairbrush like he used because she does have his type of hair and it was him bringing back these flood of memories from when we lived together in Missouri and Virginia and so I don't fault anybody for not telling me I don't fault his third wife. I get it. I get where she thought, you know, screw them. They don't deserve to know that he passed. It's not right. But if it had happened any other way, I wouldn't have believed that what I was hearing was actually my dad on the other side. I wouldn't have been able to leave my job in corporate America and go into this as a profession. And I wouldn't have been able to work with so many people to bring that healing into their lives and teach other people how to do this too. So believe it or not, I'm actually grateful for the way that it happened. I couldn't always say that. At the beginning, I was really beyond pissed. I've got several letters probably saved on my computer downstairs with many swear words in them directed at her about the whole situation. But when it came down to it, really, all I can remember is being on the phone with her when we finally did hear and calling her and saying, you know, why didn't you call us? Why didn't you just call us to let us know? And in that conversation, it came out that my dad did have a will, but he did not sign it. And he didn't give it to anybody else. And when you don't give your will to anybody else, it's as good as not valid because nobody has a copy of it to be able to enforce it for you. But his third wife told me that my dad had left notes, one to my sister, one to me, and that she was going to put those in a box with some photos, some videos for us to be able to pick up because my dad never gave us any of the videos from our childhood. He kept all of that when they went through the divorce, when he sent us some photo albums, all of his pictures, uh, his picture was cut out of all of the photographs. So we didn't have many pictures of my dad. So she said she would put together a box for my sister and I, and we could pick that up when we came out for, he had two funerals. I went to to one when we went to one of the funerals. So when I went out there, I called her up. We had set it up the time, the date when I was supposed to go over and pick up this box of my memories and this letter from my dad. And she goes, I've had a change of heart. I don't think I should give this to you. This is just a box that should go through the legal process and you should get this box when that legal process is wrapped up. And I was devastated. I remember just bawling hysterically that my dad had left me a letter. He had taken time to sit down and write out a letter. 
because there was so much junk between us, our entire relationship, that I felt like this letter would just heal so much of all of this between us. It would finally tell me that he was sorry and that he wished he had done it better. And I could just imagine the word that the letter would contain in it and just how it would heal my heart and just heal the relationship between us. And not being able to read the letter that he had left and written for me was absolutely beyond devastating. So I didn't hire a lawyer throughout this entire process. I just let it go as it may. I really didn't care about any of the money or the properties or anything else. I I wanted that to go to my brothers who were much younger. I wanted them to be able to go to college. And um, that that itself is just a whole other side to this story, which I'm not going to get into today. But Uh, I will bring on a lawyer someday to talk to you about the differences between a trust and a will. It does cost more to have a trust up front, maybe $1,000, $1,500. But in the long run, let me tell you, my friends, this case has been dragging on for over four years and it is not closed yet. And those boys did not get the money to go to school that they were supposed to get. And if he had had a trust, it would have been a much different story. He would have protected his boys in a much different way. And when you have a trust, it is open and closed, I've heard, within about a month. When you have a will, it goes to probate, it goes to court, and that case could drag out for years and years and years. It is not uncommon for me to have clients who come into my office who said, you know, so-and-so passed away five years ago, seven years ago, and we are still, his will and estate or her will and estate is still not wrapped up. That is how long. And you know how much money it takes to hire a lawyer and have them go through a process with you to finalize a will over five, seven years? You're talking 15, 25 plus thousands of dollars that you're shelling out for that. It is absolutely ridiculous. People don't talk about it. And I will definitely have a lawyer on this fall to talk about it because once we understood the system from going through it, my husband had said there's absolutely no way that we are just having a will. We are definitely having a trust so that if anything ever happened to both of us, our daughter would be safe and protected and wouldn't have to bounce around from places that that she would have a consistency within the plan of it being open and closed and she wouldn't have all of this stuff to have to go through the court process for five years, five plus years. It's just absolutely insanity to me. So long story short, I went home from that funeral without a box, without my memories, without that letter from my dad, without my pictures, without the videotapes, without any of it. And my uncle was really nice. I have to say, in the meantime, I I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but he was able to go to my grandmother's house. If you remember from my story in episode one, my grandmother had a heart attack upon hearing that my dad had passed, and she passed away 10, 10 days later from that heart attack. 
So my uncle was able to go over to her house and get some of the photographs from when we were young and send those to us, which was absolutely wonderful of him and his wife to do. But I still wanted that letter. I wanted my dad's words. And all these years had gone by. Every once in a while, I would call in to check in with the lawyer on where the box was. And it was always in the storage unit. And I remember I called a little bit before Thanksgiving time last year. And the woman said, well, you have the boxes. And I said, no. And she said, well, let me look back through here. Oh, the boxes went to the wrong place. The boxes went to your brother's. So I called over there. I called my dad's second wife to try and get the boxes. And they've got a very busy household. They are very kind-hearted people and they help a lot of people in this world. They do a lot of good, but they were not able to find the boxes that were left for my sister and I. And I would check in every once in a while. I'd say, oh, did you find the boxes yet? And nope, nothing yet. And it's been since Thanksgiving time. And I've basically, about uh, a couple weeks ago, just kind of had a breakdown about it and a good cry about it and said, I have to let go of this energy. You know, like, I can't do this anymore. I am. I'm never going to get this letter from my dad. And maybe it'll show up sometime. But, um, you know, I, I didn't want the money. I didn't want anything else. I just, I just wanted that letter. I wanted to hear his words, and I didn't get that. So I just said, God, I need you to take all of this yucky energy off of my chest, all of this hurt, all of this pain, and I just need you to take it and dissolve it, and if I never get the letter, it's okay. You know, I I just need, need to let go of the letter. It, it hurts too much. So I had a good cry. <laughs> I watched the movie Interstellar, which you know is my symbol. Uh, it's the symbol that he shows me when he needs to connect with my energy. And you'd say, well, Julie, why do you even need a letter? You can con- connect with him. You can talk to him. And I don't know. You know, I can. I can do that all the time. And I do. But the thing is, throughout this entire story, my relationship with my dad, all I wanted was for him to say he was sorry. And I just, I wanted that letter (laughs) to be able to read those words and to see it firsthand. So I let it go. I let go of the pain of it. I let go of the letter. I let go of the need (laughs) to get it in the future. And I wasn't thinking about it. And I'm literally telling you, friends, three days later, my uncle texts me. My uncle has no relation to any of this story whatsoever. He lives here in Illinois. And I had lived with him and my cousins and my aunt for uh, a couple months after graduating from college because my mom was no longer here. She had moved down to Florida. So my uncle texts me and he goes, hey, Juge, which is my nickname for them. Uh, He goes, hey, Juge, we've got two boxes we found when we were going through the crawl space downstairs. Do you want to come and get them? And I go, oh, my God, I'll be right there. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's not the box that I had uh, wanted. It doesn't contain the letter, but it does contain all of my memories from eighth grade through college. So I, I got these boxes and I sat down in my living room a couple weeks ago and I started to go through them. And I kept finding all of these letters from my dad, one after another after another, that he had written me right after the divorce and in high school. And I could just hear so much of him flowing through his words, his advice, his favorite recipes, um, memories of us together. And it just meant the world to me. Um, and it was just such a big sign that I was going through all of this. I was struggling so much with this dang box and not getting this box. And lo and behold, God shows up with my dad and they bring in these two boxes that I didn't even know <laughs> were out there. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell that story today on the anniversary of his passing because it was a little miracle in my life. I mean, how crazy is that, right? Out of the blue to get a text from my uncle that he had found these two boxes. Um, when I finally said, okay, God, I let it go. It just, it touched my heart so much. And to have those memories, you know, those pictures and those letters I just miss him. I miss him so much. And I talk to him all the time. I feel his presence around Al. We went down to Florida this summer on vacation. And for the very first time, I took Al on a jet ski over on the beach. And I was teaching her, this is how you lean into, you know, the angle when you're moving the jet ski this way. And this is how you lean into the angle when you're moving the jet ski the other way. And this is how, you, this is what you got to do. And this is how you ride it. And these are what the buttons mean. And as I was going through this, you know, you have that aha moment as a parent that that's exactly where your parents were when they were that age and they were teaching you, but you felt like they were Superman back then, you know? Um, and I could just feel that energy of him surrounding Elle and just being so happy that she had this experience because it's me really giving her a part of him and keeping his memory alive with her as best that I can. Okay, friends. So I tried to record this a couple of times and it keeps cutting out on me and I have to go pick up my dress from the alteration place for the wedding. So I am in the car pulling a Shalene Johnson. If you ever listen to her on podcasts, it's she's fabulous. Um, but she records in the car. So let's see if this actually really works. I was talking about how I was feeling my dad around Elle when I was teaching Elle how to ride 
a jet ski in Florida. And what I want you to know is that I do feel him all the time and I work with him all the time and I do feel so blessed that I get to feel so much of his energy, but it's never going to feel exactly the same as if he were right here, right? I've got it as good as it gets, but it's not the exact same as having somebody physically in front of you where you can talk to them and hug them and kiss them and cry with them and love them, right? Um, It's just different. All I can say, it's just different. But what I will say is that I do know how hard it was for my dad to bring through this gift to me from the other side. And just the fact of him alone working so hard from the other side to be able to get through to me messages about Elle and her hair and him knowing that she has exactly his type of hair and showing me that I can communicate with the other side. Him showing me that allowed me to leave my corporate job to do this work full time to not a to not only help people in one-on-one sessions with them to heal their hearts, but also to teach other people how to be able to communicate with the other side as well. And you're like, Julie, how can you really teach that? Believe me, I have run the angel school about eight times now, and you can see it time and time again. People are just shocked when I teach them the tools, the ins and outs of how to connect with your angels, with your guides, with your loved ones on the other side. And yes, the energy is different when you're communicating with an angel versus when you're communicating with a loved one on the other side. So I am beyond grateful to my dad for bringing in that to my life because my life is 100% different because of it and I know and I attribute it 100% to him that he was able to gift me with that and and it's better than any letter it really is Um, I go into meditations a lot with my dad. I sit with my dad's energy and I am beyond grateful because he's been able to show me so many different things from the other side that I would have never understood before about heaven. That Heaven isn't just one physical realm like this is, right? It's probably infinite uh, number of realms on the other side. Uh, I don't have access to all of those realms, but he does show me his energy a lot in the place that I've termed Eden because it's like Earth where you have a physical body and you can do things because when I tap into him a lot, he's often on motorcycles or jet skis or snowmobiles. He's tearing it up. He says in this world over there, the world that I've termed Eden, you can do anything, see anything, be anything, but there isn't any low vibrational energy. There isn't the egoic mind like there is here. So it really is like Eden. That's why I call it that over there. The thing that my dad's been bringing through to me lately is a way that you and I can connect together to help this earth and everyone in it. 
you know, I am a journalist at heart. I grew up with journalism, um, writing for my high school and college newspapers. And so I do read the news a lot. And it's just been breaking my heart the last six months. Everything that's happening to the planet, people who are hurting. And this isn't new, right? You know, our grandparents' generation went through much more than we do. We have with World War II and World War One and the Depression. And I just can't even imagine. You know, we think we have it bad sometimes, but really I can't imagine what they went through back then. What my dad does show me is that we don't have to go into all the negatives, right? We can keep it positive and pray for this world, pray for other people. And so that's what I want to do. I want to pray with you. I want to create a prayer circle, a Facebook live video, a place where you and I can meet weekly to pray for this world, to keep it all positive, to send our love and light from our energy, our being out to other people and to the planet. So if you're in with me on this, here's what it entails. Now you might say, Julie, but I don't want to lose my light and my energy, right? I don't want to, I don't want to deplete my energy. And What they want you to know is that you're not depleting your energy whatsoever. Because when you pray, you're really activating your your soul. You're coming from your soul's energy. And remember what we've talked about with the soul. The soul is like a miniature sun. If you shrunk the sun down to the size of a grapefruit, make it pure white light. That is what your soul looks like to them on the other side. And what is that soul? We've talked about the droplet within the ocean. So that soul is a piece of light energy that is one droplet in the ocean that is God. And when you pray for other people, you are activating your soul's energy. You're coming from that light and that love of God energy. You're connecting and activating the light from your soul to the rest of the ocean, to everything that is, to the oneness of all things and to God. And from that energy, you can never deplete your own energy. In fact, what my dad was showing me when I was going through this meditation with him and he was bringing through this idea of the prayer circle is that when you pray, it helps you. It clears out your energy. It lifts your vibration, your spirit, and it brings healing to you as well. So I hope that you're in on this. What I'm thinking is every Tuesday at 1230 Central Standard Time, hopefully that's around your lunchtime or you can take a little break, and we'll just do a short 10, 15 minute prayer. I'll lead you through it. We can pray for not only the earth's well-being, for people, but we can also pray for your specific prayer requests. So if you have a prayer request for yourself, for a family member, for a friend, please, you can PM me, you can email me, um, you can write it on the comments on the social media posts that I put up the day before the prayer circle. And you can let us know what your prayer request is and we will pray for you. We'll keep that prayer request anonymous. 
And this will just be tons of people sending light and love your way to help with the intention that you need help for. Again, that'll be every Tuesday, 1230 Central Standard Time. Hopefully it's your lunchtime. Um, and I'm thinking that I'm going to be doing this on on my Facebook page. So you're going to want to friend me or go over to my Facebook page at Angel Podcast and like the page over there so that you're connected with me both those places and you can't miss our Facebook live prayer circles. Okay. Um, I hope this helps you to release some of that negative energy that we're getting from the news right now to know that you're doing the best that you can sending out light and love and obviously in your personal life individually doing all that you can to help mother earth as well. Everyone, thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast today. To everyone who's left five stars and a positive review, thank you so much. I will definitely pull another drawing this month in August. So if you haven't yet, you've definitely got time to leave five stars and leave a positive review. That way you can email it to me, email me a screenshot, and I will put your name into a monthly drawing to win a free angel message reading with me. If you don't want to wait to win the drawing, you can always book your angel message reading with me. You can book your angel reading on my website or you can email me and I can help you with booking that. I also do those readings over the phone, Skype, FaceTime, and in person at my Naperville, Illinois location. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this, and I hope you join the prayer circle tomorrow, August 6th. That's a Tuesday, 1230. Don't forget, Facebook Live. Until next time, open up your heart to all of the unexpected blessings that your loved ones, your angels, your guides are trying to bring into your life. They love you so, so much, my friends, and they are always there for you. Just like my dad with this whole story, and he was able to bring those boxes into my life. So open up your heart to all of those unexpected blessings coming into your life. Open your heart up to miracles, my friends. Sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings your way, friends.